Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. What's up, podcast listeners? Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Pretty stoked to share with you our beers with bro. And what it was during COVID and all the quarantine time, we got on YouTube, did some YouTube lives with some family and friends, took some questions from the audience. So it's a bunch of Q&A, but all in all, just a fun time hanging out and talking elk hunting, talking the outdoors, anything and everything. So we got about six episodes for you coming at you and uh, just really excited to share these with you. Want to thank again Onyx Hunt for bringing this podcast to you. If you guys have not yet downloaded that app, go ahead and do so. Use promo code BRO at checkout, save yourself 20%, and get ready to navigate in the backcountry with your phone, GPS in hand. Pretty awesome system, and uh, highly encourage you to go check it out if you haven't. So with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Oh boy, back for another one. Is it? Are we live? Are we? Yep, I think we're live. Appreciate that, Steve. Okay, <laughs> guys. Check guy tonight. <laughs> Live beers with bros again. Uh, tonight's a double special night. Uh, I will get into the guests in just a second. You can probably already see them, and you probably already know exactly who they are. They've hunted with us before. Great dudes. But tonight, guys, we have a sponsor, our first ever sponsor for a video. So you see it all the time, people going, eh, this video is sponsored by. So, Cody. Bring them in the bring it home. Uh, right here we got Buffalo Trace. So uh, it's beers with bro. Well, tonight it's going to be bourbon with bro. So Buffalo Trace is the uh, course. Cheers to you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Drink responsibly. Definitely. But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. So what they have going on and what they what they're trying to promote is this virtual tour. So if you go on um, the Cody, you're more of a. I've I've already went through it. It's on my phone here. It's a yeah. Virtual, download download the app. Tour. They've got a they've got a virtual tour. It's pretty awesome. If if you're a bourbon connoisseur, you got to kind of see the, all the history. Pretty crazy uh, plant and everything that they got going on back there. And anyways, we uh we got a challenge for you guys to log on, do the virtual tour, and we're gonna post our scores of what we scored. And if you score better, you got a chance of winning winning a prize pack. So stay tuned on social tomorrow for that. So. Go check it out. Link okay. in the description right there. So, Dylan and Zach joined on the fun too. They're both uh, throwing down the trace, right? Yep. Up low. Good Hold stuff. <laughs> All right. We go to so, different stores to find it because it was sold out. It's pretty popular over here. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, Dylan, Zach from Onyx Maps are with us today, guys. Throw start. So we're going to do the same format that we always have. If you're new to this, uh, just throw out some questions to us. And um, anyway, Troy's in the back of this. You can't see his face on this, but Troy is going to be vetting the questions and then throwing them up to us. And um, anyway, we'll try to get to as many as we can, along with trying to touch on some stuff as far as talking. And because we never get to actually talk like this, it seems like it's just <laughs> these type of things, you know. So yeah. uh, this is going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, Anyway, guys, welcome. Thank you. How's everything been? How's everyone with the quarantine? Yeah, well, you can see, I guess this, this is the whole, <laughs> this is the new way that we talk. So it's actually not that bad. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, have to see Cody that much. So it's not too terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Face-to-face interaction is not really a thing anymore. I just look yeah. at a screen the whole time. Yeah, copy, copy. I've done for the last... I think we've been quarantined for like eight weeks now. So we've been working from home, doing our thing, and just staring at computer screens and a whole lot of Zoom. Is there a lot of cases where you guys are where, where you guys are at? No, we were just, you know, for us, we could do it and it wouldn't really disrupt our business. So we were super cautious. But Montana doesn't have a lot. You know, it's a big state. Missoula County, where we're in, and we don't really have a ton of cases, but it's just being cautious and doing our part and since you know we can really not skip a beat and still work we've been we kind of we actually started working from home 
a week or two before our state actually mandated it. So it was one of those things that there's a little bit of a learning curve and, you know, getting everyone used to communicating on a computer every day, but now it's just the norm. I mean, this is, you wake up and you go sit and stare at a computer for eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. We have a few people that work remote anyways. So even when we're in the office, we're used to like calling into meetings and so on and so forth. So it hasn't been a, a complete change. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. So, I was talking. Go ahead, good. Well, no, I'm just going to say working remote also means killing a spring bear, right, Dylan? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it does. We, uh, we've been out a few different times. Well, for bear, I've been out once. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been nice. Either been stuck at home working remote from the computer or hiking, trying to find a turkey or a bear. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of the same, a lot of the same. It's been, it's been pretty cool. Been pretty awesome. Um, let's, uh, so let's do a couple questions here. Uh, Trent, your son killed a giant bear. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Aaron. (laughs) I watched that one today. That was really cool. That bear was an absolute giant. Yeah, that was a big one. Steve, big shout out to Steve and Trevor, but, uh, yeah, Steve, thank you so much for, that's the cool thing about the brotherhood that we have is like, uh, picking up, you know, if I don't get a chance, cause I was with Cody actually, and we yeah. were doing some turkey bird hunting and some spring bear hunting too with Troy as well. And anyway, they went and got Wyatt and then Steve gave him his tag and the rest is, the rest is history. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. The mentor program is pretty awesome here in Oregon. So, yeah. Yeah. Does, Mon- does Montana have a mentor program like that? They do. Um, so it's 10, I believe as well. They can't, I don't know if they can hunt bear. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's deer. Um, and so they can actually get their own tag and then go out. They can shoot turkeys as well. And you can do it for two years. So even like, you know, like my girlfriend, for example, never hunted, she's actually doing the mentor program this year. And so you sign up and then you just have to go out with someone who has a license over 18 and you get to hunt. I believe it's turkey and deer and elk. Um, but I don't know that one completely. Off think, top. Oh, wow. At yeah. the age of 10, you get your own tag. So it's not someone else's tag that you're going off of. Yep. Yep. So it's yep. Free, oh, that's cool. it's free like hunter that's safety. crazy. So growing up, we, uh, we had to do hunter safety. I think when we were leading up to 12 years old, and then we could get um, licenses at 12 here in Montana. So this one, yeah, it starts at 10 and it's pre hunter safety. But as Zach said, you just have to be mentored by somebody with a license that's over 18. So it's uh, gotcha. yeah, a cool, cool deal and then what montana does now too is they open up for deer season for example they open up two days early for the the youth so i think that's like the 10 through 15 or 14 maybe um but they get to go out the first two days like before actual opener so okay um, those are yeah those are pretty new to montana i would say within the last like three to four years that's well, awesome while we're on the topic uh hunter mccartney mccartney asks Montana spring bear tips. So what, what are your, what's your go-to? What are you looking for early season? What are you looking for? Like into June? What, 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 uh, what do you got? Yeah. So, I mean, we usually Zach and I and whoever we bear hunt with don't typically get out until mid May later on. It seems like the last week in May to the first week in June, um, part of the state closes June 1st and then part of it's June 15th. We're lucky enough to be like in the June 15th part. So, you know, there's really not a big rush. April 15th is typically around when it opens. Um, but even this year, we didn't get that much snow in Montana. And still, I tried driving up to where we met, what was it, two, three years ago, the first spot up there when you guys came yeah. over and hush and stuff, and you couldn't even make it up there halfway. So, holy cow. Uh, wow. yeah, the snow, snow sticks around. So usually we wait a little while, um, you know, in mid-May, the lot, later part of May, and then just finding like the the super green, you know, south facing slopes and, and glass and those picking those apart. But um, yeah, with that being said, like I went out this past weekend on Sunday to a, a different spot that we've actually never even seen a bear at. Um, Zach and I went through it last year and it looked really good. And I knew the snow would be down. So we went back there and uh, glass went up right away. And I was fortunate enough to notch my tag, um, you know, the first trip out, but that's usually not, not quite how it goes. <laughs> looked like a good one yeah yeah it was a good bear it was it was by far my best bear um you know 
wasn't a giant, but just a really, really good bear. Man, I just remember when we all went out, when we, when we did, like you're talking, was it three years ago now? Is that how long it's been? Well, it was like 2018. Something like that. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was 18. 18. Yeah, so this would be the third. That was, yeah. Came down to the last night, and it was that was pretty awesome. That was a fun Yeah. Night. Able to get on a couple bears that night and then yeah. get home at, what, 1.30-ish? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was later on in May, wasn't it? If I believe it was like the last week in yeah. May. It was in June. Yeah. It was like the first – it was like June 6th or something like that. Remember that snowstorm that rolled in and the windstorm that picked up the tent? It was just <laughs> gone. <laughs> Dad was I real proud of me. Real proud of me. On that. <laughs> I had a way to stick that down, son. Way to stick it down. Yeah. So let's jump in. Let's jump into some questions here, uh, guys. Um, we've got obviously two of the main guys from Onyx Map. So if you got any mapping questions, throw them on, and, and we'll definitely try to try to get the uh, expertise on that. So where are we at? I, I, I here's here's one. I'm just going to like shots fired right out of the gate. Here we go. This is a uh, bourbon with bro born and raised Derek Blair. Bleeler. Tell me why I should not change the base map. Yeah. No, I mean, so, you know, this is one of those things, try them out, see what you think. But with us, you know, we focus on what we do. Um, what I can tell you with us is we've been doing this for 10 years and we have a big team. And so we have a giant team of GIS people who are actually working on curating this data and collecting it and making sure it's correct. And I'm not saying that there's not stuff that's incorrect, but what's beautiful is if something is wrong, you can report it and we have folks that are actually going to work to correct it. The other thing is we have a big team that we're constantly forward thinking and we're always going to be trying to innovate. And we've been through the ringer. We have a tested product and we really just focus on what we do. We have a lot of folks who love what we're doing we work with the best in the industry. We're trusted by game wardens. We're trusted by state agencies, NGOs. And so I would say try them out, see what you like between the two. Um, but I think with our current product and then what we have coming, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Sticking, you know, if you're using it currently, wait a couple months and see what's coming out. Um, but I would try them out because you won't know until you try them both. Yeah, no, I, I it was actually interesting today. I was up turkey hunting and uh one of my good friends mike henneman and he's a forester and that's the reason he like he knew where we were it was all based on his job using it in forestry and, and like because he he's an independent contractor works for a bunch of different timber country companies and all day long he had already like all this blm stuff we were walking on and then we come to a border he's like yeah i cruise this timber right here and he shows me like tracks all the way through this patch of timber and everything else it was yeah it's pretty impressive but yeah and i mean you know for us like the biggest thing we strive to do is this information's public record anyone can go collect this but the problem is is when you have all these different sources there's discrepancies and so it's not always correct and so that's why we have a team of 20 plus GIS who are actually going in and trying to fix these and fix those discrepancies. And, you know, the country's a big, it's a giant area and we're going county by county each level. And so, yes, there are going to be some errors, but the thing is, is like, we appreciate when folks send the air, you can tap on and send an error. We have folks that email, they call social media. And, you know, a lot of people would take that as like, oh, they're, you know, they're, they don't like our product or whatever, but we actually welcome it because it helps us make our product better. And so that's, you know, our biggest thing is like, we're trying to have the most accurate map, but then also have the most reliable and stable product out there. So you actually can trust it, trust it when you're in the backcountry or hunting, you know, small private sections in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, let's see, we've got Andrew Decker asked, is there a map key to figure out what lines, dashes, et cetera means? So right now, I mean, there's not necessarily a key within the app, but the best thing to do, the best practice, and a lot of people actually don't know this within the app, is if you're ever wondering what something is or wants more information about like any parcel or any like border or anything, if you actually just like tap on it right on the, the app, 
more information about that will come up based on like the, the different layers and the different data you have turned on at that given time. And then you can pull that up and see. So for example, like if you tap on a private parcel, you know, seeing the private parcel and the ownership name and like where the border is, is great. But if you tap on that and pull that information bar up, you'll be able to see like how many acres, what's their tax address, all the information, you know, what's the, the game management unit there? What are the links? So if you've got on say, like if you're spring bear hunting and if you've got spring bear or if you've got bear units turned on, it'll actually link you to like Montana's FWP site for spring bear, et cetera. So um, that's what I would say, you know, is the best way for sure. And then definitely like if folks want like a, an actual um, guide, definitely like check out the FAQs on our website because it goes through a lot of that stuff. Hey, not to jump in, but I'm seeing a ton of questions about tracking buddies. Cody, I know you and I were talking about this in Colorado. Um, yeah. I can't name every single person that has said it, but it's come up. Trust me, we want it. There's stuff in the works. Um, that's the thing is like, we love the feedback and hearing, you know, really we want to make the product for what people want. And the fact that I just scrolled through and saw like five questions on it right away. Yeah. I love seeing that because that's, you know, we're seeing exactly what we need to do in the product. I can't give you a for sure date, but just stay tuned on that one. Whoa, Perfect. This that's just good yeah. to know. Nice. Uh, real quick, Cortland Goddard. Uh, are you guys ready to kill some bears next week? You're coming. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, we've got a few. We've got a couple tied up for you. So that's the bear hunt winners that are coming out this next week uh, from the last from the last elk season product that we did. So super yeah. excited for you guys to come out. That's awesome. So we've been, and it was been the worst part is like we've been in the unknown and limbo of whether this trip could actually happen, and then Oregon just opened up May fifth back to non-residents. So. Those nice. guys are uh, were patient enough to wait it out, and yeah, it's Jerry, Cortland, and I. Sorry on the other son's name, I can't remember, but the three of you guys can't wait to have you guys in camp. It's gonna be and, fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Are you guys are you guys doing like a week long hunt, or are you guys long weekend? What do you guys got planned? Yeah, uh, it's like four and a half days, I think. Five days. So yeah. In, yeah, Thursday through Monday. So it'll be nice. good. It'll be camp surround and drown take out a couple teams and oh yeah, yeah it'll be fun. <laughs> be fun nice uh kelsey moss when hunting elk where is the line between pressure and no pressure normally when diving into the backcountry that's a that's a well-rounded question guys Whew. i i mean i think zach Zach and I can attest to last year in Colorado variables on that. And it all depends on pressure and location. Like some areas you can, a lot of people hike right past all the elk and you, you know, you can kill them in the first mile, mile and a half in two miles and other places, everyone goes to the four mile mark and starts hunting and you don't get into untapped resources to your seven or eight miles in. So. Yeah. Well, and even just to add to that, Cody, think about when you're in Montana I mean, we were what, like 80 yards from a road and we were on a bull. So, oh, was, yeah, like right in that, yeah. That's everyone driving by and we're walking out like done. I might have had my bow on my pack at that point. And we're on a face and Trent could literally hear the bugles from the road. So, yep. it's, Love and it was, that. you know, a small piece of public that people just look past. So, I would say it depends on each region, but really looking at what like the hunters in that, area are doing when we were in colorado there was a bunch of people kind of going in that couple of miles and then we knew a couple of people were going deep but we just kind of went right in the middle of the two hunting those slopes that we knew they didn't want to walk because it was a hellhole i still like my pants are torn like i'm beating <laughs> i think from all the downfall you know it, i i still say like that hunt it's like i literally was just crawling over trees the whole time but we didn't see anyone else out there. So we were doing something. No, just that Packer pack of that five point bowl was the only, only people we saw. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you guys are the pros there, but just to add on to that, like I've, I've definitely done it more than once and I won't ever do it again, but you know, where you roll up to a trailhead in the middle of the night or the morning and you hear a bull bugle and you're like, Oh, this place is going to be loaded with people. And you know, an hour, let's get two miles in and hike past the elk. And it's like, yeah, it, you know, 
a lot of times over here on like the western side of Montana, closer to the trailhead because people are just bombing past it and not even pressuring those elk right there. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is Dylan just touched on hunt the elk? Don't hunt the people. Don't hunt you know hunt the elk. And it's a lot of things that that we talk to people about as as far as go to a spot and within a day and a half you're going to know if there's elk there or not. You're going to know if you need to bounce or if you need to stick and stay. And um, you know look for sign. You'll smell them. You'll see that the they're big animals. They leave they leave big tracks. So yeah. Well, and I think kind of the whole foundation of Onyx was Eric, right? Hunting, basically trying to find those access points behind the private, which a lot of times road, private, they'd be in the private at night, rutting, doing their thing, and then move up into the public. And you're half mile from the road a lot of times, or, you know, like that was kind of his thing that kind of, you know, I would say built the product base, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, there's all these different types of public land and, it's tough to tell. Sometimes there's not fences. It doesn't say, you know, there's not a state land sign there. And so his whole thing is he was at, you know, he's looking at, it, he's like, I know there's all this public land I can hunt, but I don't know when one starts and it turns into private. And so we get a ton of feedback of people who are hunting, you know, like antelopes, another great example. Sometimes you'll be driving down a road and see some antelope and it's on like one state section, but there's actually not a fence, but they're on public, but you would have no idea. And so we have quite a few people who, you know, that's where the value, especially in the West is we know for the most part, not the most part, but a lot of times these animals like to go to private because it's a refuge. And so a good tactic is hunting that, you know, the public land adjacent to it. Um, you know, hunting turkeys in the spring, Trent's favorite animal. We <laughs> find them in the private. Yep. They're down in the barnyards and they're, you know, they fly off the roost and then we wait for them to go up into the hills into public. So we're hunting the borders of private and it's really? you know, a tactic, but also people like to head in deep. So it's just, you can do a mix. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just going to say in like central Eastern Montana too, there's, there's a lot of like quarter sections, half sections, like little tiny slivers of land where you can get into like a, you know, a little tiny, like quarter section by full section might get you into eight other sections, you know, that people without it don't really, they're not really confident enough to like commit to that. They're like, I don't, I don't know for sure. So they don't really commit, but we went over kind of as a community deer hunt last year and we filled like four deer tags, I think on like little tiny slivers of public land where you look around, you dri you're driving by a place and it's like, looks 100% private. Right. And you pull it up and you're like, okay, there's, you know, half a mile up on the left-hand side, there's a section, like it looks private. It's being leased to private even sometimes. And, you know, cattle might be on it, et cetera. Um, but yeah, we, we were super successful over there just using that. Biggest misconception of honest maps. It can be used without service. Thank you. you don't need service for it. Had to throw that in there. Yep, I love it. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, it's a common one, but as long as you know where you're going, you saved the map before, there's a GPS in your phone, you'll still have your blue dot, you can still mark waypoints, you can still see the data. All it takes is you got to prepare in advance and save with service or Wi-Fi. Um, and you can save different zoom levels. So what I like to do is save a 50 by 50, a couple of them, and then I'll save the more granular ones inside that so I have more detail. 10-4. Just, just have um, to throw that out there. Yeah. Karen Hargrave asks, do you find it harder to hunt with groups of more than two people with noise, motion, sense, etc.? Steve, I'm not sure if you're in a coma or not, but I think this is all you, bro. Uh, for elk, no. We've had, what, six? Six of us? Yeah, times? I think there's been seven. I think we've Maybe even seven, and we've, we've harvested that. elk that way, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, as far as for elk, elk are big animals, you know, they make a lot of noise and, you know, as long as you've got the wind in your favor, it's, it's doable with more than two or three people for sure. One thing I would add to that is, is with elk hunting specifically, I won't say it for like blacktail hunting or no. some of the other species, but with elk hunting to have, you know, two to three people is actually very, very helpful for having that collar and, you know, doing the whole setup like we do. Um, it's definitely more difficult, I would say, with just one person than it is with um, up to three people. 
So, you know, there's obviously a, uh, medium number in there, but at the same time, it's, I love big camps. I love after dark, yeah. everybody getting together, sharing stories. That's, I mean, that's honestly to me, that's uh, the older I get, um, and which I'm not very old, <laughs> but yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the after, after dark and sharing the experiences that you went through is, is, is pretty dang cool. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's the best part by far. Well, and I think honestly, I think the the ultimate ultimate is having three people in an elk crew. One guy calling and two shooters set up. If you don't like, you know, dealing with cameras or anything else like that, for the most part, seems to be the only thing is setting the ground rules. Is like, hey, whoever gets the first shot, take it, and everyone feels good about it. So there's not some weird tension when someone pulls the trigger. And um, but you know that that is i would say the best as far as setup and success is because you never know like they're going to try to circle and you you know try to get the wind right and next thing you know they're coming in on the left instead of the right and that guy gets a shot and you know if you were by yourself as a shooter you're not going to kill that bull so yeah teams of three elk hunting is pretty awesome deer hunting i'd say a different story especially when you're packing out i like three better than two there's yeah. that's another great great point. I like 10 better than eight. yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, the more the better. Oh man, yeah, I'll take the back straps. So <laughs> <laughs> we've got a ton of questions, guys, on game bags. So we, we we seem to address this one every single week. Uh we are working right now on them. They're starting to open up some more stuff. They um as far as they've been making masks, all the show shops that we've been going through and trying to supply these things have shut down with making other things than masks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we are still diligently on that and we hope to have them to you guys and, and available by hunting season. So, and the other, the other thing about that is with uh, the price range that we're looking at too, I just want to throw it out there that um, we're trying to get these things as cheap as we can, but at the same time, it's going to be a premium price. So I uh, just being honest, if you, if you want the, if you want the best bow or the, or the best boots, you're going to have to pay. So, and we cannot get them for super cheap. Like we were hoping to get them. So, it's just going to, you know, it is I've, what it is. I've ran about every uh, so shop in the U.S. through the ringer on this one, trying to get price down. So yeah. it's, it's, it's one that. It's going to be nice when it's all said and done. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to try those out. I saw them in uh, Portland and then Salt Lake at the show. I'm excited to try them out. But the only question I have is how do they fit about a raghorn Rocky Mountain elk? <laughs> are, they, are they too big they just <laughs> drop they just drop right out the bottom you'll be fine i'm thinking awesome. like a spike with a four inch brow tine <laughs> yeah that's the montana standard there but honestly like for me i didn't do my part in colorado and didn't shoot one but cody showed them to me so he teased me with them and i still don't have a set so but i will attest they're unlike anything else you've tried they're yeah. just so dynamic in the wide range of what they can do and just how simple they are it's it trent you're right i understand what the price point but it the quality is there and it will change the way you use game bags because it's not just this sack that you're trying to open up and stretch around and then it you use it twice and you have to throw it away it's they're incredible i wish i could have used one in colorado i didn't do my part but i also had to look at them last september and I still don't have a set. And I still don't have a set. <laughs> well, just just to let you know, I sent the last one off to another so shop yesterday. So, um, yeah, I, I literally do not have have a single one in my possession. So <laughs> I think Trent Trent's maybe got the last standing bag. I may or may not be hoarding four of them right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was sweet. When I, I remember when I first saw those, it was the uh, Portland show, like I said. And, like, just looking at it, it was like, duh. Like, why weren't these made like this? Like, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> We've been we're doing finding, we're finding out why right now, Don, is because they're expensive. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Um, game bags. We're, 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 we're over the game bag question. For uh, <laughs> here, here's one back on the, on the app. Uh, Craig Higgins asked, can we get an OTC filter by species? So I'm assuming he just wants to see it when he goes in. So the one thing you can do is you can actually tap in there. And a lot of times we'll have the regulations. Um, but that's a good one there. Um, 
the best way would be, you know, obviously we always want you to refer to your regulations because that's source of truth. However, we do link them in. So as Dylan was saying, when you tap on the map, it'll pull it up and we'll have them linked in there. So you're able to see it, but we have looked into different things. You know, people have asked us about having like a heat map of just turning on over the counter units versus permit and being able to see that. So it's definitely something we're looking into. Copy. Uh, Casey Davis, this is a question I've actually had uh, in the past is, is, are the downloaded Macs going to be bigger than five or 10 miles? Are you guys ever going to make that different? Are you going to stick with the three that you have? So, so right now we've got the three. So we've got a five, a 10, and then a 150. Mm -hmm. So what I do is like, I've got the entire state of Montana saved in 150s. So no matter where I'm at at all times, like I've at least got where I'm at on the map, whether it's public, private, you can see if it's like forest, state, the color differentiation there. Um, so, I mean, with that 150 though, when you zoom in tight, you're not going to get like super clean imagery and super detailed information offline, but you're at least going to have a map, be able to see the roads, um, what you can get into and can't and then go in and I usually just pick the 10 mile maps. I mean, the five miles are really kind of for like the whitetail guys and for the guys that are hunting, you know, they're back 40 or, you know, hundred acres or something like that, where they know that's exactly where they're going to be. And they're not really going to stray from it. Um, but with that being said, I looked the other day and I think I've got like close to a hundred saved maps. Um, so pretty much anywhere that I typically go, I'm, I'm covered. And then I say 10, but with that being said, like we do get that one quite a bit. So we're, you know, we're, we are looking into like more of a customizable option of like, you know, if you want, if you want like a 20 mile map, you know, what's that going to look like? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that, I think that'd be a great addition and right. It's either a unit or having the ability to change your orientation or anything. That'd like be interesting. That. Yeah. 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 Um, We've got one here. Um, what happened to the feature that showed elk summer and winter ranges? That one might have been, was that, that was probably like a Wyoming or Colorado. Um, a lot of that data, and this is kind of a, another common misconception, is a lot of people think that all of the data within the app, like we go out there and it's our data. A lot of that is like the state's data. So for example, if that was like a Colorado layer, there's a good chance that that was like a Colorado game wildlife FWP layer, like their information, they're out there doing the surveys, they're tracking this. And then for example, if they, you know, whether it be funding or whether, and I'm, you know, I'm using hypotheticals here cause I don't know if it was Colorado or what happened, but if uh, they quit, providing that information, then it's no longer available for us to grab and then pull into the app. Gotcha. But with, with all those, like with that one specifically, I would say shoot us an email and then we can like actually look into it. Like a customer service rep can look into it, find out exactly what happened. Cause there's also a chance to, we update our layers for each state, like at least once a year. So there's also a chance that we might've like pulled a layer to make sure it's the most up-to-date data and then put it back in the app. So if like for that case, if anybody has any questions like that, if they shoot us an email, like a customer service rep can talk with GIS, talk with the right people and find out exactly what's going on and then let you know. Okay. Uh, we got another question here. It says from Frank Perez, doing my first hunt, elk hunt on the coast, doing it solo, any advice you could give me? Steve Arino. Ooh, solo. Um, I would, wow, that would be, well, I guess it depends on if you're on the northern coast, central, or southern Oregon coast, because uh, private timberlands vary from there. Uh, northern coast has a lot of private timberlands. Southern coast has quite a bit of private timberlands, and central's more national forest land. So, I mean, that would be one place where you'd want to start to knowing whether you're going to have to get access. Um, you know, the Oregon, if they're coming to Oregon, the Oregon coast now, most of the timberlands are doing the pay to play. So you got to get in touch with them to find out if they have walk-in uh, permits available, which are definitely cheaper than the drive-in. So, I mean, that's a big first step for, especially on the Oregon coast for coming to hunt over here. And then just on the, on the solo aspect, um, I think 
probably the biggest thing is just having that mindset of like, I'm going to go until I'm successful. I think it's a lot easier. The two, two things, like if you have the right hunting partner, you'll hunt harder and longer. If you have the wrong hunting partner, they're going to be like, Hey, let's go back to camp. And you know, I mean, and, and slow that process. So hunting solo is just like staying. Um, I think the biggest thing is just trying to stay positive, keep that mindset, like, Hey, it only takes one. It can change so fast. And especially new to it, you just never know. Right. So I would say the time that you're spending in the field, make it worthwhile, keep the drive high, um, be smart about it, have fun. You know, when you make a mistake, don't get down on yourself. Be like, hey, what did I learn? What can I do different next time? And uh, just soak it all in. And stay at it all day, too. Don't, you know, midday, all day. It it can, anything can happen at any point in the day. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, TJ Gardner, on Onyx, when you see public land but there is private all around it and no access does that just mean it is unattainable um a lot of the time it does um but with that being said so we we recently worked with uh trcp and we're doing we basically ran ran like a a data survey of all of the landlocked we we call them landlocked some people say unattainable um basically it's, it's landlocked area so it's a piece of public but there's private all the way around it just like that question asked where unless you have private access you can't legally get to that public land so we did a report with those guys just to more so bring awareness to actually how much um land is there and i'll look that up because i don't want to misspeak it's a giant number unless you know it off top of your head zach um but in doing so we're working with you know either it be the rocky mountain elk foundation or trcp or just different organizations or actually within you know onyx itself to to work on different ways of like opening up those public lands so there's a a giant number that i'll i'll pull up here in just a second and and say but um that is one of our big things that we did last year didn't didn't uncle randy like helicopter and some stuff like that and that's what i was gonna say dude rent a helicopter yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it was landlocked in Montana, and they flew in and hunted some pretty incredible elk hunting, Um, you know, and it's completely legal. I think the biggest thing with that, too, is, like, there is stuff that might be landlocked, and you don't know if the road's public or private. The other thing that you can do is connecting the county, but then also the game wardens. The game wardens know most likely they're going to pull out on X and check it out, but they'll have an idea working with the county um, and be able to see if you can access it. But it's so different state by state. Some you can actually access by water, some you can't. So starting with the game wardens, usually a good, you know, first person to reach out to and then check in with the county. Sweet. Yeah. The one thing that, and it's hard state to state is like where you can corner hop, where like what, what's the legality side of it, you know, cause it's a lot of these like section 640 acre, t- you know, corner to corner to another 640. And in some States are it's legal to do some States it's not. Um, that's the hardest part of navigating there. And I, and you just have to dive into your own uh, local regulations to make that happen. Can, uh, can you guys corner hop over there? Uh, you're not. not well, I've researched that a little bit and I think it really depends on the landowner. Gotcha. Um, uh, It's technically, I believe that it's not legal. um, But I think, you know, talking to some, uh, you know, law enforcement agents over it, they pretty much said it's mainly going to be up to the landowner. They want to prosecute. And if they can, if they can, figure out that you did touch their property. I don't know. He said it's, it, you're pretty much going to get tied up in court over it. If it's a landowner that does not want people on that block of public land. Got so it. it can vary from, you know, area to area, property owner to property owners, kind of what, how was, was it was explained to me. So how about yeah. Montana? It's, it's illegal. Um, you know, I've heard similar situations that I don't know if anybody's, gotten a ticket over it but it is quote illegal um 
But yeah, I just pulled this up. And so this was for the West. And I believe this number here is just uh, forest land, not state, but 9.52 million acres of public wow. land that are inaccessible. That's a so, that's, not even, that's not even state. I believe state was close to a couple million or something. Um, but if somebody wants to see like the full report on that and kind of what what is coming of that data of the numbers that Onyx ran and stuff, it's on our blog. Um, they type in landlocked, it'll pull right up. Sweet. Hey, one I'd like to just, I've seen a couple people, I see Aiden F asked it, but contact information for landowners. So I'm assuming phone numbers, um, email, stuff like that. We're looking into it. The thing that's tough is that is out there, but a lot of that information is landlines or out of, out of date. And so we, we don't want to put something in where you're calling the line. You know, I know like my parents have a, they have a landline. It literally never gets answered. And I think they shut it off. But if you look online for their property, that's the one that comes up. So our biggest thing is we don't want to put something in there that's out of date. Um, however, we do know the other thing too, though, is we do have a lot of landowners who don't want their information. Yeah, so we have a fine balance there. Um, however, there are people who ask for it. So we're definitely looking into it to find a solution, but just, you know, we get asked it all the time. And kind of the two things are, is there's not a lot of current contact information. And then also we've had a lot of feedback from landowners who prefer not to have it in and so we're trying to find a happy <laughs> between the two and two i know zach and i both have done this and i've actually found success doing this is what we do have in there is the name and their tax address so that tax address you know if they own a parcel in montana but they live in idaho or wherever it be that tax address is where they actually live like we both sent out handwritten letters and just giving away secrets yeah i know yeah the response from that and i usually just the couple times i've done it you know i put my phone number on there you know it's a handwritten letter it's like you know thank you for the time reading this here's my phone number um you know it'd be great if you could let me know etc like the t i've only done it a couple times but both times they called and they're like wow like nobody send me a handwritten letter in a while and like absolutely send me some pictures if you're successful have fun I started out four for four and I thought I struck gold. <laughs> Nobody does it anymore. The old handwritten letter. Um, all right, let's, uh, we've got some serious questions, guys. We're on, we're, yeah, there's lightning round, lightning round. Uh, yeah. what, is, what is the bear score? Justin Cook? Uh, no idea. Steve, yeah, we uh, no clue. It's still getting cleaned up. So, okay. Uh, a lot of salami. Yeah. <laughs> salami and sausage. Here, actually, Trent, I, we didn't ever get to talk about this. So we were up turkey and bear hunting. Right. And you were a little concerned as to uh, what the uh, status of the bear was going to be when you got home. But well, watching the video. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal with that. I knew my brother was involved, so there was. Oh yes, he was. He was. There were some serious doubts to that. So with Steve being there, I'm like, no, Steve will do the right thing. He's just Steve's gonna he'll take he'll make sure it gets taken care of. With my brother, I was worried it just to be on the barn floor when I, <laughs> I showed up back at the. He might have hung it, but that's. About I, it. I give Trev props. He he made a phone call and we. We, we got it to the cooler. Oh, yeah. No, Nate, you guys, uh, you guys are a godsend. And you get yep. your family and you get the, that cooler is so awesome. And, and the way that you guys open it up to everybody is, is, yep. is amazing. Great, so, great people. Great. hundred percent. Great people. hundred percent. So I've got a question on the barracks. I'm sure you guys will get it a dozen other times. Are you guys not tanning or doing a rug with that bear? When I saw the uh, the paws and the head cut off, I was like, oh, they're not, <laughs> so not doing a rug, I guess. <laughs> So I'll just go into this real quick. Uh, this would be Trent's brother again. <laughs> I knew that the last thing Trent would want me to do is bring a full rug back to his house and say, here you go. Uh, you that know, was I, not going to happen. <laughs> Trevor was, Trevor was highly tempted till I told him what the price range is for a rug. And that kind of changed the situation a little bit. I mean, for me personally, I mean, I've got a few bears mounted here at home, but, Nowadays, the cost of those things are 
they're expensive and more and more I've just had the skulls cleaned up and taken care of and that's kind of been my thing personally with the bears um and so it's they're expensive and yeah you know it's not it's not for everybody I don't think you have to mount every animal you harvest but you know keeping keeping something from it whether it's a skull or if it's a claw you know or the antlers you know just cutting the antlers off and hanging them in the shed or whatever so in the end I just kind of made the decision and I started slicing and dicing yeah (laughs) easy Dylan all right we've got some awesome (laughs) I respect that. I want to keep. I want to keep Trent in the hot seat on this one. This is the best I've seen so far. It says Trent. Just want to hear you say turkey hunting is like elk hunting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. I think we should pump the brakes on this. Look at the time. Look at the time, guys. Bowls of the spring. Bowls of the spring. Yeah. I I, I was shocked when you told me you had fun. I I I did caught me off guard there. No, no, and, and okay. Let me let me just. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna address the I'm gonna address the buffalo in the room and say, and say, all right, yeah. It was. I don't get me wrong. It was a blast. It was awesome, and and a lot of the strategies honestly were just like elk hunting. I will be totally honest with that. They are. But did I get the shakes? Did I start to just you know like a dog trying to pass a peach seed? No, I was not there. <laughs> Cody was sitting right beside me and it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, I was, I was excited. Don't get me wrong. And I thought it was super, super fun, but it's nothing like a, well, most people say Roosevelt's a 1500 pound animal coming through the brush, the horns on its head. Screaming in your face. Screaming in your face and trying to kill and trying to kill you and ripping, ripping everything up. I will say. The, Go ahead. Trent, I'll, I'll address Trent that. had Trent Trent's gobbler that he killed that a video is going up this weekend. Just letting that out uh, was the most clutch move of a turkey hunter, and I'm sure that there's some veterans out here that didn't even think about this. But this bird comes in behind us and strutting like 15 yards behind us, right? And you know, like we're facing this way and there's two more birds coming this way, but this bird is right here. The bird kind of drifts off to the right and I'm sitting right here behind Trent and he struts facing away, fan up. Trent's sitting here right-handed like this and he does one of these, left hand boom right here. Oh, (laughs) the most clutch. That's a power move right there. Power (laughs) Anyway. I'll top top row. Uh, it was. It, it, I'm like, I didn't even like dur- during the whole deal. Like, I'm turned around, kind of like filming like this, and I still know how he shot the bird. And he goes, shot left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped the shotgun after that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, it was it. Cody's shotgun, so it was left-handed, so it made sense. <laughs> it was a left-handed gun that was used in the first place. No, it was fun. I had a blast. It was it was a lot of fun. And but I mean, I've just got to be honest with everybody out there. They say turkeys, if they had a nose, nobody would ever kill one. That is the biggest crap of all ever. Okay. <laughs> super lucky. I mean, these things will make make whoopee with a plastic bird for an hour. I mean, come on. They're not that smart. They're really <laughs> so anyway. That, that's my take. I loved it. I had a blast. Um, learned a lot. Uh, Eric Strand, he's him and Cody working together, working those birds. It was, it was, it was pretty impressive to watch it. I will say that it was pretty impressive. So, but yeah, awesome. it was cool. It was cool. So let's, let, let's, let's move her down. Let's move her down the line. guys. <laughs> Anyways, I, I, I will say I'm i I'm full blown addicted. Like just love it. I think it's a blast. It's, and like I said, growing up hunting turkeys in the barnyard type stuff with a bow, and then now hunting them in the mountain, it is it's super fun. Like same t- like cat road shuffle stuff, and yeah, it's pretty fun. So, um, all right, let's get some more onyx. When using onyx, uh, I've hunted. Go ahead, good. Yeah, Tanner Hemingway asks, any city limit filter in the works for onyx? Just boundaries, like city city. That's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting one there. We don't currently have it in some states. We have gun restrictions, which generally correlates to the county um, or to the city limits, excuse me. Um, 
However, as we've started to see, especially within kind of that Midwest and South where you, it's more prevalent, there's more people asking about it. So we're looking into it right now. It's kind of state by state. We got to get that information from somewhere. It takes a lot to look into each individual state law and county law and then city, but it is something that's come up a couple of times. I know in Montana, you know, we have these gun restriction units that are actually in the app. And so the biggest thing is if that information out there exists, then we have, we can go get it. And so I don't know which state, I believe it was Tanner's in, but if that's out there and he has it in the regulations, shoot us an email and then we can get it, you know, we can work to get it into the app. Sweet. Um, we got, I've got this question a few times here, single dad homesteading. He asks, guys, does Colorado have a special license for veterans from out of state or any other state? I, I don't know on that one. Do you I guys? Don't, I don't have a clue. I do not I, know. I know it's simple, like, simple. I think it'd be a simple research. Yeah. So, some of the states, if you're a resident, but in the military, they have like a coming home license, basically, that you're treated as yeah. a resident. Um, but I don't know if there's any any special license or discount there for, for out of state coming to for residents or non residents. Copy. Chad Cattell. Do you have any idea on how many rangers and game wardens on a state level use the Onyx platform? I'd like to be able to know if or when confronted if there's a chance that they have the same info that I do. Um, one thing I was kind of talking with um, Eric, which miss you, buddy. Uh, hope Eric's doing awesome. He's, he's such a stud. Anyway, talking about you guys have actually went to bat through the Onyx app and had to show up in court on certain things in the past just to like defend stuff like, Hey, no, this is, this is the law here, which is pretty cool. Uh, can you address, can you address that question real quick? Yeah. So we have, I don't have the number off the top of my head. Cause honestly it's growing. Um, we have a, is it a blog, Dylan? Is it out there from the last numbers? We sent an email on the blog, but honestly that's outdated. That was from a couple months ago. We're going to have some more communications and stuff like that, that, you know, stay tuned with that number. And actually I do want to just say this, any question that's on this YouTube, we'll make sure that we have someone from our team that goes back and answers everyone's question. We want to make sure they all get answered. But on that one, I don't have the number off the top of my head. We have a team that's working pretty hard to work with every single game warden throughout the state, every state in the country. And so I don't have the number off the top of my head. I know in the past, I don't even want to say it because, I'll, you know, I don't want to be way off, but Copy. We have a lot of states. I know, for example, there's a ton of folks within our home state in the state of Wyoming who use it. And generally, when it's something like that, a game warden is going to pull it out. But I don't want to say how many total. Um, I would just say stay tuned for that one. Copy. Yeah. And two, I mean, it, it kind of varies state by state with that. So there's certain states that every game warden uses and trusts on X, but they don't endorse it and that's kind of a state by state thing so wyoming for example i know we can say this like wyoming endorses on x they've used it all their game wardens have it they sell it on their you know websites etc so it kind of varies state by state there but um like zach said i know it was a blog i think it was a couple months ago but it it is outdated by now i know we've talked to more more officials since then 10 yeah. four. Cool. Uh, Jeffrey Twist asked, I wasn't on here when you guys were talking about the mentor tags. How do you get mentor tags for youth hunters in Oregon, Steve? Uh, Oregon, I think just the youth, well, they've got to go online to the mentor youth program application form and they just got to fill it out. Um, you can do that on uh, online on ODF and W's website and you do that and either you can print it off or if they're old enough and they have the, you know, the phone app, it can be on that too. And that's it. You just got to fill out the application and they're good to be mentored from the one ages thing, of nine to 15. Yeah. One thing I would encourage, like if you're, if you're going to start heading down that road of mentorship, also jump onto the whole, um, just getting your hunter safety. I mean, something yes. as simple as that. It doesn't, I mean, it teaches more than just hunting. It teaches gun safety. It teaches a lot of principles that are really, really good for kids to have. Um, and so start, yeah, that's what I would recommend is kind of go down that road of just, you know, 
hunter safety. And once they get their hunter safety, then at 12, they can hunt and on their own and, and teaching and, and stuff. But yeah, the mentor program can, is unbelievable. They can get that at a young age. Chelsea got hers at nine. She got, yeah. she took her hunter safety course at nine years yeah. old. So yep. could hunt turkeys yep. at that age. Cause you can, you can hunt birds younger than 12. So Correct. here in Oregon. So, and it Correct. is good for the kids to get that information and the knowledge of the hunter safety course. So hundred percent. Yeah. yeah uh galen bender asks what is everyone's number one layer besides the property lines start with you sandow number one layer well i mean public's a little too easy i would say the fire layer for me um i would 100 agree yeah, yeah. historic wildfire layer and i know a bunch of people are going to say this obviously we're all thinking elk hunting but yeah. we have i think it's like 19 years of historic wildfires and so it's one of those things that's gotten more and more popular but hunting burns is incredible you look at it and it looks like there wouldn't be an animal in sight sometimes it looks like the moon i know trent when you're in wyoming back in what was that 18 it was it was like charred on the ground but then you just Crazy. had lush green grass that was growing in there and yep. there are animals in there and so i would oh. say that the top one um but then also another one for me would be you know, the roads and trails, which being able just to navigate, especially, especially when we we're in Colorado, like that was a game changer. And I know I probably took a couple, but I would say, I would say historic wildfire layer. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I would second on the mileage side of it. Um, the road mileage and trail mileage. It's, you know, the scale there. Yeah. You can kind of judge, but when you know from this junction to this junction, it's 1.2 miles add that up okay we're going to travel at this speed that's a four-hour hike we got you know i mean it's it's just that side of it's kind of a nice it, it also sucks at the same time when you're like you start adding them up and then you're like holy cow we got 8.6 miles to pack this bowl out this is going to be uh this is going to be a fun one yeah. Dylan, Dylan, anything to add on that one um yeah i mean to add to that the roads and trails for sure because like whether it be on a pack out or if you're just hiking out of an area or into an area, a lot of the times we've been like bushwhacking and climbing over deadfall and walking on deadfall and then pull up the app. And it's like, okay, if we bump, you know, 150 yards to the right, there's a trail there. So a lot of the times it, it turns like a miserable situation into like, okay, this is much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of those are like, like you guys call them cat roads, but here in Montana, the old logging roads, you know, they might've been a logging road 15 years ago and it might be regrowth on it, but it's still at least a cutout road at one point in time in the side of the mountains. So a lot of the times I use those, but I'm going to go with um, possible access layer just because in Montana, like there's a lot of timber company lands that are possible access. So um, it opens up a, a ton of land, you know, that is technically private but it opens it up into public and the possible access basically it's not implying it's for sure public you can just go but it's implying hey look into this because there's a really good chance that this you know giant expanse of acreage of timber company land is free to go roam and hunt and hike and do whatever you want awesome this one's pretty cool Terrell Kipp says, Onyx is literally the only reason I was able to harvest my first large bull elk three years ago in Wyoming. Thanks for making such an amazing tool for hunting. Um, I, I've been to the office, your guys' office. You guys get letters all the time, I think, um, and, and seen a few of them. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. To, and we get to deal with some of that a little bit saying, hey, guys, because of your tactics or some things that you guys posted, we killed or I killed my first elk or whatever. It's, it's pretty cool, isn't it? No, absolutely. And honestly, Terrell, like send us a picture. I'd love to see it. It's one of those things like we actually share them in our all hands meetings. We show the success photos and these types of, you know, feedback that we're getting because it's what motivates us. Sure, this is why sure. Eric made the product. Trent and Cody, you can attest like he's the most selfless guy in the world. He literally made it so he could help people. And before he was doing that, he wanted to help people with prairie dog hunting. He just wants to help people and he loves seeing these stories. He's and so great, we actually share these, you know, almost weekly. We are sharing them around throughout the company because yeah. it's why we want to, you know, it's why we started and it's still our main motivation for 
everything we're doing. No, I, I was actually sharing that with Mike today. So I, the founder, Eric Sigfried, we, we've got to spend some time with him. He is what, 37, 38? Mid 30, yeah. Yeah. So about, I think like we were talking, I think he graduated college about the same time. Um, just an incredible guy. And he literally started this because adding layers to an SD card for his GPS to figure out where to hunt around Missoula. And like you said, and then he just started sharing that. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I think one of the culture, like we've, we've worked with a lot of people in the industry but the culture that Onyx has from the top down all the way through everyone we've met there, it's, it's just been such a great company. Um, the values you guys are literally just trying to like help people access hunting opportunities, you know, and, and um, yeah, it's a great value. I mean, the product itself is awesome and yeah, I, it's, it's really cool. And, and two is like become great friends with you guys, share camps and it's been awesome. Been blessed for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's like, without beating our own drum, the biggest thing is it all comes down from Eric, you know, and how it started. But the thing that's cool now is Eric's still with the company and he's literally focused on opening access. That is his focus. We have an access program that 100% of what he's doing is trying to identify current access that we're in jeopardy of losing, but then also trying to find ways that we can raise money to open up more access Absolutely. from our landlocked reports. Awesome. And so that's, the guy who founded our company 10 years ago, he's solely focused on that because that's what he's passionate about. I love it. That's I love awesome. it. Guys, we've been on here an hour. Um, we beers with bros is winding down. Uh, I want to just, uh, I want to close with just a couple things guys. Uh, Buffalo trace, they sponsored this. We thank so much them and um, go do that virtual tour that they have online. We've all done it. We'll compare scores. I didn't do great, but I don't think I did terrible either. So there's a link. <laughs> Not that good. Not that I didn't do bad. I didn't do bad. There's a link in the description below. We'd appreciate it if you guys went on that and supported them as well. Um, Zach, Dylan, thank you guys so much. Last question of the day. And that, this is the cool thing about the app that's totally different from the old standard was, you know, just the chip that you had. This is what you got. The app is updated all the time. I, I, I see updates coming in all the time. New stuff. People are dying to know. Is there any hints that you can give us for the next step with Onyx? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, we have a couple things coming. I think everyone what can, yeah, what can you very pleasantly surprised before hunting season um, you know, a lot of these questions we've been asked, we're definitely been working on. We, you know, we have a giant team. We've been growing for 10 years and our whole thing is we're focused on improving the app and everyone's outdoor experiences. So save maps, sharing waypoints, usability, making it easier and everything working much quicker and more reliable, um, and data. Those are all things to keep, you know, keep front of mind and be prepared coming into the season because there are things we're always from now from 20 years from now we're going to work on improving because that's the key to our product but everyone just kind of wait coming into the season we have some things coming out Zach, just okay this is beards bro like behind the scenes like one little tidbit like what come on Best part. I think the biggest thing, you know, and I, I know, I know you want to get it, but I mean, the thing is, is like right now, you know, we're sharing waypoints and one at a time is it can be a pain. It's cool, but it'd be nice to be able to share a lot more information. And so that's something that, you know, <laughs> being able to with one click, have an idea of an, of an area and share a lot, you know, years of information. I had never been to Colorado and we had to individually share waypoints and I was trying to learn it as we go. Being able to do that with one click would be pretty cool. Yeah. It'd be pretty neat if I could know all of uh, Randy Newberg's hunting spots too. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So uh, here, here's one last question. Brian, Brian Peterson asks, is there a bro discount code for Onyx? I need to re-up in June. Trent? Yes, there is. BRO, uh, you just pretty much said it, and um, go in there, and um, Zach, what are you giving them, 90% off, was it 90 <laughs> I, I wish I could, go to the <laughs> website, you can get 20% off on that one, um, 
20 is good. 20 is yeah, good. Right. Yeah. And then Go there and use that code. BRO. Hey, <laughs> but I got, I got a question before we go. All right. What, and this is also a question for me too. What is the fall looking like? What are you guys doing this fall? Oh man, things are so up in the air right now with the, <laughs> with the Corona stuff. I'm going to just dodge this question. Like you did the new thing for my yeah. next question. You know, there's a lot going on. There's like going to be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine. I just want you guys to just imagine uh, maybe elk hunting. Just imagine it, you know, just throw it out there. Uh, maybe possible. I don't know, two, three elk hunts. It could happen. It could happen. I'm just saying. Maybe four. No, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, some different some different stuff this year. Uh, we, as a lot of people know, we have a ton of points in Oregon. So it's when do we cash in? What, how, how does, what does that look like? Right. And um, anyway, it, it's just, this year is, is going to be right down to the wire. We've got uh, the 15th of this month to decide what we're going to do for Oregon. And none of us have applied for anything yet. So yeah. it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting uh, right down to the, right down to the wire of it. And Cody's got a tag that is, um, He's right on the cusp for uh, for Wyoming. We're hoping he draws it. But yeah, the problem is, toes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, don't find out if he drew it until after we have to put in for Oregon. So we've yeah. got some decision making to go on. So that's where we're at there, Zach. Yeah, it it's a it's it's definitely up in the air. There may be some stuff that we've never even thought was possible that may happen uh in late august there but we'll we'll see how it all comes out like I said covid19 year of 2020 it's the year of the unknown roll the dice go with what we got go have fun share share camps with some great people and there's a couple maybe we would need to talk to you guys about after this conversation possible yeah we do we actually just to let you know uh Sometime in June, Montana Spring Bear got put on the board at our quarterly meeting there. It's that on may, the board, yeah, may may or may not be a consideration since we've kind of lost some opportunities here in Oregon. So nice, we know some spots. We're yeah. all in. I know, I know, Dylan's a bear dude. I but know. it's going to be a prerequisite that Trent's got to shoot another bird before we. Okay, take- okay, let's talk the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> We already, I thought we already got over this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you guys so much for being on this. I, I really appreciate it, guys. It was awesome. Um, and uh, it, I just, yeah, I can't express enough. We really, really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's great catching up. Haven't seen you guys in person for a little bit of time since like trade show season. So, absolutely. Catching up. Hopefully, we'll share camp soon. Hopefully, it's uh, spring bear in June. It's going to happen. Yeah, no, and I just want to say that we're taking time tonight to sit down, ask the questions. It's great to have the Q and A and chat with everyone, and uh, yeah, just really appreciate you guys tuning in. Really appreciate it. So, all right, guys, we're signing out. We will see you guys soon. Okay. All right, see you guys. Take care, guys. See ya.